0: I got this really really cool poncho that I wear around the house all the time. And, around the uh, house, <laughs> that,
1: yeah,
2: that's just my. I love ponchos and all weird stuff like that. So nice. Like when you when you've got the air conditioning up a little too cold, you gotta throw the poncho. <laughs> yeah, <on>. <laughs> it <laughs> I must I be do. nice, man. Speaking of warm stuff, I'm feeling warmed I'm up. So ready, man. Uh, Let's just like have a podcast. This is GearBuds Podcast, episode 91. I'm Henry. I've got Dave on the phone. Hey. Hi, Dave. And we are super honored to have, from warm California, joining us right now, Fender Master Builder, Carlos Lopez. Thank you so much Thank for being you, with dude.
0: us, Thank you, dude. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Incredible. This is oh, cool. It's, this is it's a treat. It's our pleasure.
2: This is I heck love, yeah. I love talking about... Uh, guitars and gear and you know we're we're gonna geek out a little bit on that shit real quick though are you so you're um i think you mentioned before are you you're actually recording uh at your buddy's house right now right
0: yeah i'm at uh chris garza's house right now he's a he's you know i've met him through fender and but we've become really really good friends so we're that's uh, badass cool, and man. so
2: anybody for anybody who doesn't know a guitar player just ripping shredder in in suicide silence but uh you built him uh a seven string strat if i remember correctly is that right yeah yeah i did and it's sitting oh, right man, next to me that's right cool now, oh, shit. oh really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say, say hi chris well, uh, say hi
0: chris to the buds what's up dudes that's uh
2: nice what's man. up dude we're gonna what's uh, up. this is our this is my not so sly way of trying to get him to be a future guest on the show so um <laughs> just just putting that out there in the world right now uh you already I'm said i'm not gonna said, yeah out. He said, oh, yeah. fuck already. yeah. That's <laughs> hell yeah. All right. So there you go. I'll, I'll lock it in. This is awesome. Well, thanks for joining us from there. And that's super cool. So really quick though, I, before we get into our normal stuff, I mean, you mentioned the guitar, like what, what was the deal with that guitar? What, what, when, when you were building that, mm-hmm. um, what, what were some of the goals that you had in mind with I've, other than just, of course, making a seven string Strat? Well, I didn't, you know, it was
0: Chris's, you know, uh, he's really, you know, the brainchild behind the whole thing. And it was something that he okay. really wanted and he just had his heart set on it and uh you know i just probably was a builder or got the title for you know maybe a month or two and he came into the shop and i got introduced and we started talking about the seven string it was just kind of a natural thing it was there was there was no um you know there was no plan it was just like hey i really want a seven string you down to do it and i was like hell yeah i'm down to do it (laughs) and so so that's how it that's how it started and we were just spitballing ideas and you know he told me what he wanted and he was just he really knew what he wanted and he had he just sent me the specs and basically that's you know that's all i needed and so this was this was about the time where uh it, it was like i think like february maybe I think the end of nam last year and mm. r- right before you know uh, the lockdowns happened. right so uh when they did happen i had a lot of time because i have my own shop and so i i built the whole thing at my house actually And i have some i have some cool pics of my uh, my son he was uh had him working on it too and he was um he was you gotta put him to work yeah huh? and, uh, he was uh, <laughs> uh, hammering ha- hammering in uh, face dots on the seven string so oh wow <laughs> that's awesome so yeah everybody has a, a role in this one so yeah Chris, well, if that one's Chris off a been... little bit
2: he can blame your son yeah you him, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it came out really really nice and i was oh man i was really surprised because the hard thing from, everything's very you know visual with me so i it has to look good. And if it doesn't
2: look good, then I'm just not mm-hmm. happy with it. You know what I mean? It's sure. just, uh, uh, there's something to be said about feeling cool while you're playing. No, exactly. Of that a and, bunch I, of times. and I'll, and I'll admit it too. Cause it's like
0: when the way that I could, tell that, uh, oh, God, I'm so vain, uh, the, the, way, <laughs> <laughs> the way that I could tell that it's a good guitar, like I'll strap it on, and I'll get in my rock star stance and look at myself oh, in yeah. the mirror. Spread those legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And if it looks cool and it feels good on me, all right, it's ready to go. <laughs> it's,
2: oh, a heavy, it's a weird thing. But it's
0: a weird thing. I'm it. glad
2: to know that even even the master builder creating these things <laughs> does the same exact shit yeah. that we do. Yeah, oh, exactly. Dude. In um, the mirror at home. We're,
0: we're fans. I'm. You know. We're all you know we're all you know gear nerds and we love it it's just all man hell yeah you're right though man first
1: and foremost yeah it's got to look cool like you got to walk by it and be like i want to pick that thing up right now you know like that's everything man
2: all right carlos man thank you thank you so much for even getting it getting that into it so early before we and we're gonna do a whole lot of that don't you worry we're gonna we're gonna geek out on all your shit uh, before we do that, this is a thing where we, we've got some segments we like to, to dive into every week. So let's just do it. We're going to dive into the Symphony of Corrections here. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Uh, thank you for listening to this. I mean, I probably don't need to thank you too much because it's such a fucking cool episode to be tuning into here. But thanks for listening to all the previous ones, too. Really makes us super mm-hmm. happy. And thanks. also the, all the people reaching out and... Just sending us cool stuff on Instagram and Facebook, uh, at Gearbuds Podcast on Instagram. I think it's just uh, Facebook.com slash Gearbuds, maybe, or maybe, I don't know, just search that shit. Uh, you can also find us subscribe on Spotify and Apple. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before, and I don't want to talk about, get into it too much because it might, might make me a little bit sad, but <clears throat> I've been getting my Facebook memories. And of course, I think as we all know, this, at we least there, in, in terms right. of last year, we were, this would be NAM. This yeah, would be NAM weekend. Right, so, right. you know, uh, we were talking about it a little bit before. Uh, it's cold here in Chicago. I wouldn't mind being in, in warm Southern California right now. <laughs> yeah. It's Not like Anaheim is the warmest place in the world, but it's certainly better than here. Warmer, so. yeah. A little bit, a little bit bummed about that, but this is kind of cool. I got a Facebook memory. My first NAM that I ever went to was 13 years ago this weekend, wow. which just makes me feel old as shit. <laughs> you are uh, because because I was in my early 20s. I was like 22, probably. My, in fact, also that was my first trip out to California ever in my life. So wow. it was just kind of like a a life changing, a life directing trip that I had 13 years ago this weekend. Pretty weird. Wow no shit man just because like we also you know of course you go to anaheim and it's like well i'm here uh, i'm gonna rent a car and go to la for the first time in my life so did that for like a couple of days you know there's just something to be said about getting stoned on the venice boardwalk for the first <laughs> time uh and uh kind of kind of changed some stuff for me so wish i was at nam right now i think it's easy to hate on nam like when you do it a lot and there are certainly some sort of struggles that come with it and some annoyances and and frustrations and namthrax and all that shit oh, right. but like, Busy, yeah, i don't know right, right. i wish i wish it was going on right now i wish we were out there me too yes.
0: i think a lot of people feel the same
1: way
2: yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully next year i know that and there's all sorts of gear stuff coming out right now and we'll be coming out this upcoming week fender of course has announced Fender's a ton of super awesome stuff. stuff man it's great uh and as well as squire and i was saying this to dave that like if i was like a kid, you know, maybe early teens or something coming up as a guitar player. When Squire was dropping this kind of shit that they're dropping right now, I would be metaphorically rock hard. Like there is just so much (laughs) cool shit that like I, it just, those examples, those, those types of options didn't exist when Mm -hmm. I was, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever. So Yeah, man, I gotta uh, hand
1: it I gotta hand yeah. it to Fender. You know, um I mean obviously we have Carlos here and we're gonna talk a lot about Fender, but I'm a huge Fender fanboy. To me, like the first guitar I ever saw was a Stratocaster. And um, you know, to see Squire, what they've been doing to get people to get younger players or you know inexpens people who can't afford a uh, you know a, an expensive guitar to get them you know in the door and maybe get excited about playing a good looking instrument or something that's really unique uh they're they're capitalizing on that man I love it man so hopefully they keep oh, yeah. all that up man um the keep contemporary series especially like they're you know they're kind of doing that the 80s contemporary series that they did in Japan uh squires making kind of reissuing those right now so those are super cool and yeah props to them man
2: like yeah Keep the good good vibes rolling. Oh, this is kinda cool. Moog is doing uh they've got this really cool mural on the side of their building in Nashville or in Nashville. In Asheville, excuse me. Uh it's if anybody's ever been there. It's a really cool mural and they're actually commissioning uh people to submit ideas for a new mural that they can then also execute. And one of the things that you could win is an actual Moog one synth with which if you know is like a ten thousand dollar synthesizer. Mm-hmm. So Definitely check that out if you're a muralist because that's pretty cool. Uh, maybe we can post a link on Facebook or something like that. Sweet. Because um, I think they've got like another month maybe to submit. Very. Uh, cool. So, yeah, if you have got some good mural ideas. Hit that up. Got a couple things. Don't need to get into it too much, but a couple things. I've 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 done a full overhaul of GearBudsPodcast.com slash free stuff. There was a lot of shit that had expired, <clears throat> so I went through all that, added a bunch of stuff. Uh, there's this cool transient shaper that I was playing with this week that is now up there. Also, totally not a piece of software at all, but this is just like the coolest thing ever. And I've learned that this is more, uh, this is something that happens across a lot of cities. I've discovered that in Chicago, we have something called the Chicago Tool Library, Hmm. which is actually a free organization where if you sign up for it, you can basically borrow. Like, I don't know, like a bandsaw or, oh, like or whatever, like stuff. any kind of big tools that you don't have access to no otherwise but you need for a job. You can take them out like you take a book out from the library oh, and it's all wow. like not profit supported. Um, and but as I've as I learned about this, I've investigated there. This isn't this is not unique to Chicago. This is something that exists in a lot of major cities across the United States and I would presume throughout the globe. Um, so look into that because there have been there have been a number of times where I'm like, oh, I really need I'm, whatever a drill press or, yeah, something. And like, or something. I don't right? have that. I don't have that available to me. Well, you can submit your thing, take it out, borrow it, bring it back. Wow. yeah, it's possible. Most <laughs> of Pretty us badass.
1: in our uh, in our like you know 1,000 square foot apartments don't have like a bandsaw necessarily, <laughs> exactly, or, or a garage to store one. So that's fucking awesome, man.
2: I love that. Yeah, so check that out, Chicago Tool Library, or whichever you know city you live in, Tool Library. Uh that's that oh got a couple bad fucking ideas oh, really yeah. fast uh this week. My favorite sub 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 segment. And this is mostly these days just me um calling out people being weirdos on Craigslist. Uh and this one is kind of funny because it's sort of inception in that this is a guy it's like the it's a it's a response to a response to a response on Craigslist. <laughs> the, the thread runs really deep. Um, but it's uh, just just for a quick taste of how it starts. Uh, it's re the re guy calling everyone idiots it says it's just hey asshole in all all caps get a fucking life this is how (laughs) this post in the musical instruments section of the local chicago craigslist starts out it goes on from there much more graphic and vulgar again (laughs) i don't think anybody's a a, i don't think anybody's a victim in this situation you know it's just it's just some some people entertaining us in our podcast and providing us with content so keep it uh, up i'm here for it just you know don't personally attack however i will say and this is just a little side gripe Mm. i've i as someone that uses craigslist all the time someone has been post i i have a a a dangerous audio d box that i'm trying to sell and it's modded and it's awesome and i've got it on reverb and i've got a bunch of offers it's a great piece of gear anyways i've now posted it on three times three times on the chicago craigslist and someone keeps flagging it for removal and i don't (laughs) know why (laughs) like what the hell man Yeah. yeah that's weird I th- I think that it's because it's modded by this company where a dude has just left that company and he's selling a bunch of his stuff from that company on Craigslist and uh. I think he's upset that I'm also selling something from that company. I don't know. Uh. It's really strange, but it's it's now happened three times and I'm like what the-? and I and I have no recourse. Granted, I'll still just sell it on Reverb and pay the fee, whatever. But it's still come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's my gripe for the week. That's enough of that. Uh, if you don't mind, Dave, yeah. I would like to take this opportunity. To to Now say two of my favorite words that I get to say on the show or otherwise every single week and those words are Dave's Dave's Docs. Docs.
1: All right, man. Dave's Docs is coming in hot now. I'm I'm excited. I feel like um, geez, I don't really know how to preface this one. This is my favorite all time live performance uh, ever. It's not technically a documentary. Uh, per se, oh, I think it's one of the greatest live performances I've ever watched in my entire life. It changed my life as a child. Uh, the songs and the visuals are embedded in my brain. We talked about it last week with our guest, uh, Ben uh, Fulton I knew it. from Red Witch Petals. I had to go watch the song remains the same. The Led Zeppelin nice. performance at Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah. Um, sure. I, I honestly, I, I want to revisit this one later because we have a guest today, and I don't want to take up too much time. But we could do a whole episode. Just we on, could do a whole episode, that. and maybe Henry, maybe we'll have a, a whole day where we sit and talk about this 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 <laughs> film. But um, I did read some really funny things. So so they filmed it in 1973, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> It came out in '76, so it took them three years to probably put the rest of it together. With if you've ever seen it, there's a lot of like movie footage. Every uh, everybody gets a song where they're like the main character in a movie yep. sort of thing. It's um, real weird. Like for instance, like No Quarter is featuring John Paul Jones riding on a horse with a creepy mask. Uh, it's there's just a lot of really like mid '70s trippy kind of shit going on. Um, I did not know this. They filmed it over three nights at Madison oh. Square Garden. Was the um, opening uh, show for their tour in New York City. Um apparently I read this I had never heard this but it, I can believe it uh Jimmy Page did not sleep for 5 days throughout the filming of this and <laughs> the two other days that they were in New York Uh, You know, 1973 Jimmy Page, I'm not really surprised, (laughs) Um, but in the article that I read, he actually, he was doing an interview, so it came out of his mouth, apparently, and he was just like, I couldn't sleep, so I decided to stop fighting it, and I just went out and partied, like, every night, and if Uh, you watch the movie, if you watch Song (laughs) of the Same, his eyes are, like, barely open through this whole thing. Uh, he looks a little bit out of it, although he's shredding and going crazy. I will say, if you're a huge Jimmy Page fan, um, it is the most Jimmy Page uh, wankingest you know, footage I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Yeah. It's fucking, it probably, you know. Full, full dragon
2: outfit, too. Full man.
1: dragon outfit, full, you know, 59 Les Paul, just going to town on that thing, um, which I will say, I, I still do like the uh, Telecaster era uh, Jimmy Page myself, but, um, you know, 59 Les Paul looks awesome. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's, I mean, I have so many notes here and I think we're I gonna know. have to revisit it. Um, but there's just there's so many great scenes. There's a scene where they cut away to Peter Grant, who was their manager. If anybody knows Peter Grant's this like six foot six, like 350 pound dude. and he was just this like brooding, you know, kind of bully sort of manager that they had. And he's reaming this uh, I'm, I guess it's like a concessions manager backstage because some kids got caught oh, yeah. selling bootleg posters. And he's just reaming this guy out. And the guy's like, dude, I didn't know these kids were selling this poster. What do you want me to do? And he's like, What's well, your venue. You should be keeping track of this. And then he starts going, what's your kickback on this? Like 5%, 10%? Like he's actually accusing the like guy. Like he's in on it. Like right. it's some inside job. So I just, you know, that just sums up Peter Grant in a nutshell as a manager. Um, I just, I love that footage. There's one other scene that they show where um, there's these there's these police officers and they're kind of by the side door where you go in before the garage. And there's three kids and they're like, come on, man, just like let us in. And they ask the cameraman and the cameraman goes, well, if it's up to me, you guys go ahead. And they go, yeah. And they run in and they're just <laughs> laughing and they run through like this garage door opening, you know, clearly backstage of like Madison Square Garden. And the cops just laugh and he looks at the camera and he goes, hey, you know, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, <laughs> It's kind of the uh, the attitude time, yeah. the attitude in 1973 was a lot different than nowadays, but um overall man, fucking amazing performance by the band, so much so much cool footage you know outside of um, them playing in their personal lives. Yeah, that's. I mean, I have so many more notes, but yeah, I'm just gonna go say that. um, I did not know also that J P J was playing a Fender Rhodes in the performance of that, rather than his Hammond C3 organ. Yeah, no quarter with the base with the Fender bass foot pedals underneath. So I thought that was pretty cool. And
2: uh, a whole lot of phaser going on. So much
1: phaser. So much. um, You know. Extra chorus effect and all that, all that fun Dude. stuff, which I know you love. Um, yeah, so I mean, as a as a live performance, my arbitrary rating for the day. Yeah, what do you got? I'm gonna give it a four out of four zoso. Um mm. if if you if you qualify it as a live performance movie, as a documentary, I give it a two and a half out of four Zoso. So. Yeah, it's not a documentary. It's not a documentary. Don't don't watch it expecting to learn about the lives of Led Zeppelin and all that stuff. But um fucking awesome. I it brought so much joy to watch that again. So I'm actually gonna my wife is watching it right now as we do this interview. So when we're done here, I'm sure it'll still be on because it's like two and a half hours long. It's fucking and four four years I will, long, dude. I will jump in and, and watch the rest of it with her because it is that good. So nice. song remains the same. Awesome, man. Definitely. Check it out if you guys have. You know, I just
2: got. I want to. I want to quickly say, I did get to. They like a couple years ago. They did this film, like theater, cinema tour, where they for one night only. They played it in like a few oh, theaters, that'd be and so I fun. and I got to go see it no here way. in Chicago. And and seeing it in the theater was pretty fucking. Yeah. rad that movie. It's it's so weird, dude. It's they're yeah. like especially the John Paul or the John Bottom stuff. It's like the, the Bottom where section he's like with the like. I don't uh, think he's gonna, isn't he a knight or something n- no no um
1: uh uh the knight is a, robert i remember robert, Plant the knight. Oh, yeah, robert plant's the night yeah. no bonham does the thing where he's fixing up old hot rods and then he goes yeah. to the drag strip during the moby dick uh solo which is so fucking cool and as he's like they start up the dragster and as the solo, Wait, how was he dave <laughs> there you go, <laughs> And as the solo increases, he goes ripping down this drag strip in like this janky 70s, you know, That's the long, right. the, the long drag. Yeah, dude. So such a fucking cool movie, man. They really, uh, they really did a good job. If you guys haven't seen it in a long time or ever seen it, do yourself a favor and check it out.
2: Man, that is two solid episodes back to back where we just got into some Zeppelin. Yeah, like, I we know. Went full, we went full boomer these past With- two episodes and I am all about it.
1: I mean, yeah, if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, we had we had Ben Fulton on from Red Witch and he yeah. we did not know uh the biggest Jimmy Page fan we've probably ever talked to. Um,
2: yeah, exactly. and that was
1: that was a treat. So absolutely uh nothing wrong with that. Check That's why out. I
2: started playing guitar. Me too, man. Sick one, dude. Good all Dave's right. doc. Hey, I mean right. good Dave's sort of doc. Sort but, of doc. You know, we keep things loose. We, we keep it really loose, care. man. Yeah. <laughs> It is at this point now that we turn our attention to our esteemed guest here and start to just get a little bit more with Carlos. And, and the way that we like to do that every week is with a segment that we call a couple two-tree randos where I ask you a couple two-tree rando questions. So first one, if you could swap places with any band member of any band, past or present, living or dead, doesn't matter what your talent is or theirs, just someone that you want to swap places with, who would that be and why? Well, I have uh, I've. I kind of cheated because I've been listening to kind
0: of your, your episodes. <laughs> 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 oh, nice. <So> I, <laughs> he came with notes. I, I didn't like come, it, come. No, I didn't come with notes, but it, it's just... I,
1: <laughs> Mentally prepared.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot because, uh, you know, you brought up the question to your past guests. I'm like, man, who would I do that? And it, and it really took me a long time to figure it out. But I think it would have to be... And I feel it's weird in this, like, imaginary situation. I feel bad... For taking his place, <laughs> sure.
1: I know what you mean. <laughs> it's totally. part of the question. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what makes but it tricky. But it, yeah. it would
0: just ha- it would have to be uh, Pat Smear, and oh, oh cool, man. cool because he just yeah. you know I, I wouldn't want to take you know Kirk Cobain's place or Dave Grohl. Right. I, I want to
2: play with them. Yeah, man. that's but, that's uh, the
1: way I look at it, man. Oh, I love that answer. Yeah.
2: and you still get to be into in the germs and that yeah bullshit. Kind of yeah. That's that's that, that's, a, that's a really good one. That's that's
0: I think is the. I think he has it made, you know what I mean? Because he, he yep. gets to choose, and whenever he wants to come play, he'll play. And when he wants to take a break, he will. And you yep. know, and it's weird because a lot of people have, like, a pet smear um, stories. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick one, real quick. Uh, love it. Oh, I would love to. Ron Thorne, one of the, our uh, principal master builders, he has a really crazy – he'll probably tell it better than I can, but real quick, basically Ron Thorne is a huge um, – queen fan and he was looking for um uh brian may's you know uh, reissue guitars and mm-hmm. uh and so he he goes on craigslist a lot and he uh he found one you know i don't know a couple hours away from his house and it was one of it was the same guitar that he previously was gonna get but got um but somebody bought it like maybe an hour before him and he was bummed and so anyways years later it's that same guitar and he recognizes it and it's on craigslist and so before he could uh you know hesitate he he calls him up he says save it for me it's mine i'm gonna get it and so he drives all the way over there and the guy that bought it before him years later was pat smear and so (laughs) and so he he bought the you know the Brian May guitar from him and now he has I think Ron has like a huge collection of Brian May guitars so it's uh yeah and this is like the I have a few other you know friends that ran into Pat and uh have kind of a similar story because I guess he sells a bunch of gear too
2: so a lot of gear that's awesome! Wow, love that, and love that answer too. Honestly, I like. I hadn't even considered that one, but this sort of being the person that is kind of like the utility player yeah. in a bunch of super fucking rad projects is kind of the ultimate it's dream. Kind of the that's, perfect. That's answer. such a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, love it. Let
0: me give. Let me give you one more, and it's just, and it's yeah, just, it's, it's an extra one, and, and it's uh, okay. So, like I said before, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Noel Gallagher, and uh, he he put out a record. I forget I forget which one. He, uh, which one it is, I think something, uh, who built the moon, I think it was. Uh, but anyways, he had this, this, uh, French backup singer and also played the scissors. And so it was just like a weird thing to piss off Liam. And, uh, (laughs) and so... I think I'd like take her place and be the scissor, de- the scissor girl Dude. You know? <laughs> to it's play you with. Li- Noel. <laughs> you would, lit-
2: you would literally shred some scissors. <laughs> that's, that's <cool. laughs> there's a, there's
0: a few videos of her, you know, playing live with the scissor, and you can actually hear it. Yeah, and it's you know, oh cool, it sounds cool. Something different, that's so weird. good.
2: Love it. All right, uh, do you have any new gears resolutions? New gears resolutions.
0: You know, it's weird because I'm not really a. Uh, I'm not a collector you know but uh yeah i have things that you know a lot of the guitars that i've made i've i never i never keep them i you know right because i'm not a i'm not uh, a player i mean I'm, i play in, in my uh in my house and stuff like that but that's about it but i usually would just give them away to friends or you know or players that really need a you know a good you know, quality guitar, you know, just so Mm -hmm. I just like the idea that the, the guitars that I make are being used and, you know, are, you know, it's just a a tool to help artists create, you know, I like the idea behind that more than having it, I guess, you know, it's weird. No, it's beautiful. You have have some lucky friends. Yeah. I was going to say, can I be your friend? (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question though, I think, uh, I think I want to get a good set of uh, turntables and uh, Ooh. get a just a good you know good speaker system just something good just to mm-hmm. play you know because i have i have records and uh just to have something like that i guess would probably oh, that's yeah. my next thing that's what i want to that's do that's a great one yeah
2: yeah oh yeah boom if you uh if you had a time machine where would you go and if applicable what gear would you buy hmm
0: Oh man. I really like the Fender Rhodes. I think I would mm. want to have like a just a brand new one right out of the shop and mm. you know go back to when they were producing those and
2: you know be there. And I think maybe, yeah, the Fender Rhodes. That's a cool one. Yeah, love that. I, in fact, I, I well, I was gonna say that might be the first, but I'm, I maybe now, uh, maybe James Beasley, previous guest, he's a Rhodes guy, he might have been. I don't know. We t- we love roads yeah. around here too. So that's that's a We great were one.
1: talking about the big suitcase extension speaker too. Would you get the big That's right. the big uh the speaker with it?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: man.
0: I have I have a my my good friend. He's he's um he's kind of, you know, like my brother. Uh Nick Saccone. He's he actually took my job after I got promoted and he's apprenticing for Todd. But uh oh, cool. he has he has like the ultimate collection. He has you know he has a wall of guitars and he got this really cool fender Rhodes from uh, an antique store and i think he paid like 800 bucks maybe like a few years wow. ago and yeah mm-hmm. that thing is just awesome and uh, i've been asking him to sell it to me but you know he won't but he's just uh,
2: just you know what you got to do you'd be like hey look these things take up a lot of space yeah, exactly. just let me borrow it no. for a little while get <laughs> it out of yeah. your house yeah. no so, so
0: so what he did he he uh he when they were looking for a house they uh he wanted a big backyard so he could build out his studio to have all of his stuff in and nice. man yeah yeah if you want a, a cool guest you know to talk about gear you have to get that guy yeah nick is a is a cool collector and he's kind of like my older brother you know where you know he he's like 10 years older than me but uh he 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 just has everything he knows everything that is that is cool and uh, you yeah. know, I just I look up to that guy, and you know, he has a I don't know anybody that has you know a full on arcade in his house. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's
2: that kind oh, of guy. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Sounds like we'd get along for yeah, sure. Absolutely, badass. All right. Um. So this next question comes, as we've already mentioned, from our previous guest, Ben Fulton, Redwich Pedal, Sea Moon, Imperial Electronics. I keep messing up the second word. Anyways, he his question for you, not knowing who the guest was going to be, was. He would like to know which song changed the way that you see music and why. Jeez. Um,
0: hmm. It's kind of easy, but it's, you know, but uh, there's just too many. You know what I mean? It's like every Mm -hmm. genre, every, you know, there's always like a weird song that just like hits you in a weird way.
2: Mm -hmm. You
0: know, I remember, um, I remember sitting in my car, and uh listening to uh peter gabriel and he did like a duet with i forget i forget the name of the song but i I was watching the video it's them where they're um they're just spinning in a circle and they're they're singing a song and it's just like kind of a cheesy song but just like the way he sings it and the way that you know the lyrics is just i just was in my car just crying because it just touched me you know what i mean and no oh, shit I, totally yeah but uh you know any you know Kurt Cobain changed my life too you know what I mean it's just like I remember having yeah. uh you know pictures of him on my wall you know it's just there's just too many I guess to really answer that's a hard one.
2: Oh yeah <laughs> yeah it is a hard one it is a hard one I, and I think I even sort of gave him shit saying like oh giving us easy questions thanks Ben <laughs> um all right well with that in mind What question would you have us ask our next guest? Again, not knowing who they are, just someone else that uh, exists somewhere in the music world. Mm. Uh, All
0: right, I got I got an easy one. I got easy one. An easy one. Okay, okay. Uh, What was your last concert before you know the shutdown or the quarantine?
2: Good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. Carlos, do you remember yours?
0: Yeah, it was uh Marcus King at uh oh, that guy's awesome. at the Palladium. Yeah. Badass. That was a cool that was a cool show.
2: I got to go out with a little metal uh right before lockdown hit Chicago, so that was nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember who was uh Intronaut, uh Cult of Luna and Emma Ruth Rundle at House of Blues. Mm. And Sasha from Donable Guitars is also in Intronaut, and so he had been in the shop. This is I was this is right before I had left CME, or maybe it was after. I don't fucking remember. Uh, no, that was right after I left CME. But uh, so it was cool because it was sort of like, oh yeah, they just did stuff in the shop, and then now we're watching them just rip it, House of Blues, and then nice. the whole world shut yeah. down. Yeah, right. Weird. Everybody, I, weird. I, I, every, all of my friends and you know, in my little circle, are
0: just like, man, I want to go to a show. I, you know, I can't wait oh, to go back so to bad. a show. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like it. It's just like, uh, you know. Oh, and something that I regret when uh it was right when the lockdown happened and uh Chris Chris Garza he he invited me to, to go see him play at the the slide bar and for some reason I don't know I, something happened, I didn't make it and then oh, like weeks later everything shut down and I you know wow. I regret that.
2: They had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. You know, you saying that though, just like about wanting to go to a show, it just made me of course, I want that too, but I just want all the little stuff that goes with it. You yeah. know, like I want to, I want to complain about the mix. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. be like, where, where is the, where is the background vocals? Yeah. You know, yeah. I just like the stupid little shit. I just that like. We took for granted for so long. I I yeah. want that. Again.
1: Mine is the uh, having a really yeah. a really tall person stand in front of me. That's usually what. Happens <laughs> so have so. have me standing. Yeah, front exactly. You, it doesn't okay, happen cool. to you often, I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> for some reason, some six six dude always gets like right in front of me. I'm like, bro, can I stand in front of you? Like, I look like your child right now. Yeah. Can I get on your shoulders, dog? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah.
0: Oh. One, one thing is one thing that I remember. One thing that I really appreciate and I love is, you know, when you're walking into the you know wherever you're, you're going to go see a show at. And they have everything you know all the amps and everything just dialed in everything just looks mm-hmm. good and it's just it's almost like a you know it's just almost leaves you in awe it's like oh dude this is cool this is where I, it feels at home you know what i mean uh, yeah. yeah it's just like that big old you know the stage and then when then when the band you know gets gets on stage and they're walking up all cool is, and everyone's getting excited. Like, I miss that feeling of that excitement yeah. of, of the band There's walking There's that nervous on. anticipation, yeah.
2: the electricity in the room. Yeah, dude. Oh, and, and looking, I think we all. Yeah. I, I think everybody listening to this right now misses that feeling. Yeah.
1: I miss that, uh, you know, when they have, like, the uh, the sound tech come out and he'll do a line check on the kick drum yeah. and you hear it through the whole, like, at, you know, House of Blues or Metro <laughs> or something. Doosh, yeah. doosh. And everybody just starts going nuts. They're like, oh, it's coming, man. Yeah, we're going to yeah. take <laughs> off. I miss that, dude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, that was a nice little trip down memory lane there. and we'll, We're going to get back there soon enough. But uh, take us further back in, in time, Carlos. So I want to get back in your history. Like, when you were a kid, you know, uh, where did did you grow up in the uh, Southern California area?
0: I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. In East L.A. I grew up in East L.A.
2: What were some of the, I mean, you obviously you already mentioned stuff like, I'm guessing, Oasis with the Noel Gallagher and, and Nirvana with Kurt and Pat Smear, like, or what were some were those your favorite bands when you were a kid? Was that the stuff that really sort of resonated with you at that age? Um, yeah, well,
0: I grew up with a kind of diverse, you know, uh, styles of music. You know, my dad is from from uh, Honduras and you know from Central America. My mom's from born and raised in East L.A. and so my mm. my dad he was always playing salsa and merengue and cumbias and you know and mm. I I love. I'll say one thing, you know, side note, if I could be in a band again, I'd want to start my own cumbia band and just, I I don't, yeah, it's just something that's uh, always influenced me and, you know, it was my dad and he had, and I remember Mm -hmm. him having just uh, cassettes of just different, uh, just different bands and, you know, and uh, my dad was very influenced by, you know, by rock and roll and, you know, he got me into listening and my mom as well. Uh, oh, I, I remember my mom and dad. Uh, they went to a Guns N' Roses concert. Um, I, I forget what album. Remember, remember that double album that came out? Um, User illusion. Use illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. yeah. was that that uh, that tour. They went to go see, and then play. I don't know where, but uh, I remember having those memories. You know what I mean? They're, they went. My wow. parents went to go see the Guns N' Roses. You know, and cool so, parents, man. And, <laughs> no kidding. And so it's just different music growing up. And, yeah. But, yeah. you know, Kirk Cobain, uh, Nirvana, you know, would really changed me and, oh, yeah. and uh, to want to play guitar. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, re- everything, everything. It was just we're always yeah. playing music and, you know, I was just always influenced by it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I didn't recognize till later, but, you know, I was just very uh, in tune with music where you know it it touched me and I was always emotional about it and I never knew why mm-hmm. and so it's just being around I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to stay and be in around music or in the in the scene you know where people are playing guitar and you know just the vibe of it you know because I, I I'm not yeah. a great guitar player and there's too much competition so i just but i wanted to find a way just to be around it and i did <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> well i know that you i mean obviously this is this is a super professional pro- podcast around here so i've done a little bit of research and i <laughs> know that you did go to guitar building school but um and that and the sort sort story is sort of that like you you know you built this this first guitar on your own and then you went to guitar school is that right
0: yeah well i went to uh, yeah i did i, I went to a uh, mi the guitar craft mm-hmm. academy in hollywood and uh you know i didn't uh I, that's when i i had no idea about guitar building you know i I took apart a part guitar once and you know the guy mm-hmm. that fixed it for me went to that school and he was a friend mm-hmm. of the families and so you know it was at that point in time in my life where i didn't know what the hell i'm gonna do with my life and totally but i love you know playing shows and You know, and hanging out and partying, and you know, I want to stay in that somehow, but uh, and that's what it really was. You know, I didn't really have my sights set on becoming a master builder. That wasn't my attention at all, right? And it and it still isn't really. It was just you know, I I just love music. I love electric guitars. You know, I'm not um, you know, I don't build arch tops or acoustic guitars because. That's not what i'm passionate about i'm passionate about you know electric guitars you know specifically fender guitars and you know fender guitars is just it's everything that's tied into it you know it's just the history the players you know just that's what i'm attached to and it's just i'm not really attached to you know uh
2: like jazz boxes yeah. Or just, something yeah, like I'm that.
0: not, it's not what I like, that's not your thing, and so that's you know, I don't, and it's funny because I don't consider myself a luthier at all. It's just you know, I, I, <laughs> that's interesting. Well, there are a lot of other people that might argue, <laughs> I, yeah, I would, I, I would argue, but uh, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I just don't see myself like that because it's, um, I think my way of thinking about it is a little bit different, you know what I mean? It's like I'm not, and yeah. when you, when, then even when you say that, it just has like a you know, it's very pretentious. It, you know, I'm a I'm a luthier. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, right? And you know, I don't like that. And it's just like it's not who I am. It's just I I like electric guitars, and that's what I like to make, and that's it.
2: And you make fucking rad ones, yeah. and I've and I have been lucky enough to to actually be able to play some of them. Wow, cool. Um, Which one did you play? And 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 I, and I do want to get to. Oh man! So oh, I have we'll played. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Well, man. There. Well, because you know I was at Chicago Music Exchange for a while, so we've yeah. had a lot of stuff come through there, but. I know for sure that – so the one the one that I spent the most time with was actually two of them, and they were the two brawlers. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. Because they sort of set me up with this little podium out on the floor, so whenever I was, like, not doing stuff, I'd be hanging out there. And, I, of course, like, I would just pick whichever guitars I decided that I wanted to be playing nice. that day or week or whatever. So for, like, I don't know. People probably got annoyed with me. Like, for <laughs> at least a couple of weeks, I just, like, was going back and forth between the, the green one and the red yeah. one. Uh and then it got to the point. So, not to make this too much about myself, but uh, people that keep up with the show probably know that I, I, when I play guitar, I play in a weird tuning, and and usually <laughs> that involves like changing stuff around. Which I, in the shop I wouldn't, I would almost never do, just because it was kind of annoying having to go back and forth. Right. At least one of the brawlers, maybe both, were both in my tuning. Just at stayed that different way. Times and just <laughs> really? just lived in the weird. Yeah, because it's just like it was. I loved playing those guitars. There was also that electric twelve. Nice. Um. I think there was a Marauder at one point in there. Yeah, <clears throat> I, there, yeah there was definitely some stuff that, that I've been able to play. But, um, yeah, I, I recognize that that is a, a very sort of um, – uh, that's, that's a a position that not many people get to be in and don't get to really experience what a master built under guitar is. And that's absolutely some, one of the things I would love to try to get into a little bit with you here, yeah. just sort of like – Because I think even a lot of people maybe don't even know what's up with the Fender custom shop Mm, compared to like a production model. So Mm. like not to make this too remedial, I don't need to have you explain everything to us, but just like for someone that maybe doesn't know the specifics between even say like a Fender, like an American ultra or something like a nice, a very nice production Mm -hmm. guitar. What would, what would be the sort of first step in a difference between something like that and say something that is coming out of the Fender custom shop.
0: So basically, you know, I get, I get asked that a lot and you know, it's just, there's there's definitely like kind of like a like a almost like a mysterious kind of vibe with the Fender Custom Shop and the master builders. You know, there's not really too much like advertising. You know, maybe just mm-hmm. on right. Instagram and stuff like that. and It's it, like a word of mouth. Yeah, type thing. And, yeah, and so it's it's so uh you know a lot of people don't know about it, but the people that do, you know, are just kind of diehards. You know, and they won't just buy they one; and they'll buy you know one every year. You know what I mean? And it's just like and and it's a it's a relationship it's it's personal it's it's uh it's it's the birthing of you know a a, a creation a, a guitar that you know it it's uh that that you get to experience it's an experience that's what it is it's more than just mm-hmm. a guitar it's it's something that um that uh, you it's a collaboration with the artist or you know the customer and uh it's very intimate you know what i mean it's 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 something that uh not a lot of people can experience and and the few people that do you know it's just they get it you know it's 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 mm-hmm. very um you know and i could tell because people you know just this year you know alone or last year you know my my orders they didn't really drop you know and there was just more people mm-hmm. were buying guitars and you know and you get to to build relationships with different customers and different artists and you know and uh, to to build something for somebody that's you know that's saving up their money or you know it, it's uh it becomes more of a relationship you know and it's really personal and it's um you know because I guess that's probably the biggest difference because you can't do that with you know on American standard they're just uh, production models right. and you know and that Mm -hmm. All of it has its place, and we're all just, um, we're we're all, uh, how do I say it, that it it takes these production models, you know, and, you know, all of these production models for us to do what we do, you know what I mean? Because those those are Mm -hmm. what, that's what pays the bills, and, you know, we're we're really, really lucky to be in the position that we're at, and, you know, work with people, and, you know, and be connected with uh you know the artist or the customer so it's just a, it's a yeah. relationship and it's it's and a it, relationship and, it's, yeah. and so
2: would you say that that's kind of uh, for i think i have an understanding just correct me if i'm wrong so it seems like custom shop a custom shop guitar that's that's of course coming from this special sub segment Fender. Yeah. but it could be built by a handful of people whereas a master built guitar that's that's pretty much that's just you yep. Start to finish. Yeah, is that
1: exactly. right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Cool. So someone could be so, and presumably there are, you know, Carlos Lopez fans out there specifically that just want your build, or yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, the other Krauser Thorn, any any of these other famous master builders. And uh, and how many? Is it like a, a dozen? A baker a baker's dozen? Like how, <laughs> how, how many, many? Yeah. are there? There's, there's
0: twelve. Yeah.
2: Okay. well So that's it's an extremely elite, small amount of people. Yeah. I have to imagine that a turnaround time on a master built guitar probably has to be a while, right? What is, what is something yeah, like that? usually it, look it's, like?
0: It's about like, for me, it's about a year right now. I'm um, a year back or yeah. And so it's, um, yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm lucky to have,
2: you know, so many, yeah, it's orders. <laughs> such a treat that you get to work with those people that like you said, either they're at the top of their game, they're, you know, professionals yeah. using this stuff day in, day out, or it's someone that, both but could be someone just that isn't that but also has been building this dream instrument in their mind for yeah. maybe even decades yeah. And, yeah. and you are in the position that you get to help someone realize that that's so cool that's man. really cool and
0: another weird thing is that um and i and it's been weird i think i'm just really blessed because you know uh, a lot of the guys they try to put something new out you know just so it's not a strat or a telly you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah. so uh it, every time in them, they do something weird and wacky and, and maybe not even weird and wacky, just different and it just doesn't sell you know what i mean and so huh. it's just people want the strats and the tallies and that's that's what we do you know what i mean but if there's like a you know often not often but rare occasions you'll get somebody who wants say i want uh, a seven string strat, and you know that right. and that's mm-hmm. uh that's where they come to us and okay, well, let's do it. And that's when, when we get excited and, or, you or know. like
1: the, uh, like that Marauder guitar. I mean, I, I want to get into that too a little bit um, yeah. if you don't mind, but I, I loved the the video on it. I think that Fender released where the, you talked about the history of it. You'd walk by that thing and then like oh, one yeah. day you're like, I'm going to build that. thing Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I didn't know that guitar existed or the prototype or whatever they want to call it um, existed until I saw the video of the, of the one that you built. So yeah. could you go in a little bit on that or? Yeah, of
0: course. So yeah. You know, like you said, I, would see it every day at the shop and uh, it's a, a guitar that's been floating around the shop you know since mid 60s that's and crazy. Uh, it had the original you know gene fields neck on it the starcaster neck and uh, somebody put a an extra uh, tuning peg on it to make it a 7 string and uh, for some reason i don't know who did it but anyways and so um, One of the guys he got it and fixed it and put the you know the 65 neck on it which it has now and that's what i model it after that specific guitar and Mm -hmm. so you know that one was um the prototype number two that gene fields was creating and he made like Mm -hmm. a i think there's eight out in the world right now and you know we have one and i think there's few maybe a couple in you know uh the vintage museum out in nashville i right. think and uh so yeah there just been it's a mysterious guitar and has a lot of mystique behind it but uh i loved the guitar i loved the shape and it was just uh from what i suspect it was just too much at that time nobody understood it <laughs> yeah and so like now just uh, it was something that i wanted to do and you know and it it was it wasn't something just to my intentions weren't to set myself apart from all the builders it was just something that I like to do I love I love electric guitars and that's why I did it and you know I had no expectation whatsoever for it to be you know get any attention I probably thought oh I'm just gonna make one and you know that's it probably and you know that was nothing and but you know I have a handful of those orders and it's like wow
2: People, people love them, you know, just as much as I do. Totally.
1: They're fucking cool. They're <laughs> super really cool.
2: cool. And, and and before I forget, I wanted to say this before, too. Um, speaking of those brawlers, and, and since we have the man who created them on the phone here, uh, I got, and this is not, I don't even work for Chicago Music Exchange anymore. This is not me shilling for them. But I got a lot of people being like, yo, by the way, if Fender just sold those, like, not for, you know, one-off master build, but if they made that a production like we think that they would sell them a lot so i'm not saying that it's going to definitely happen yeah. but if fender yeah. was ever like hey let's make some let's make some of those baritones like, yeah, uh not from the master build <laughs> shop yeah love that. that's that's so, that's kind of feedback yeah, on that
0: that's, i think that's i think that's where i'm aiming for because that would just like solidify everything that i've worked for to be uh, wow. this is a model i'm a i'm a part i mean i know i'm I have the title, but just having something that I created was like, you're a part of Fender now forever. You know what I mean? That right, <laughs> that's right, right. exciting to think about.
2: It's super fucking exciting. I mean, tell tell us a little bit about that one too. Then, so what when you were thinking about, or I guess being inspired to create that? Where did that come from? Because you know, I love. It was kind of a hybrid between the Strat and the Jazzmaster,
0: and you know, mm-hmm. there's obvious influences in it you know, as well, but, uh, I love baritones and I just love the, the, you know, the growliness of it. And it, you know, even just playing an E chord on a baritone, you know, just, it just <laughs> has that, has that vibration. <laughs> yeah. It's just
2: like, or I guess it becomes a, ma- a, it's like a C maybe. I don't know. It's a different, it's not an E anymore. If you're B, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just, yeah, yeah, just the,
0: just the, the E shape, oh, B. the E oh. shape. I'll say that. Yeah, right. And so, uh, yeah, just playing that it just gives you like a an attitude, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you you get oh, the you yeah. get oh, metal, you know look, or you just have that that angry face, like, yeah, I like this right here. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got to wear the strap a little lower yeah. that day. A <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> little, little bit of that stank face comes exactly. out as second you hit that chord. So it's just oh, yeah. Bad. So
0: those guitars, I was I uh, I'm <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but anyways, I uh, I made. I made a handful of them before I became a builder. And, you know, I don't even know. I never said it publicly, but, you know, I had my, I had a little thing going on, but uh, there's a few out there that had. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But, um, nice. and so, uh, yeah, I I was, I was making them already (laughs) in my garage just, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for fun. And, uh, you know, and, and so I already had it i had it down already gotcha and so uh when i did get the position i uh you know i immediately immediately said oh i I gotta put this in nam let's see what people think and you know sure enough i got some orders on it and people people dug it so i was happy about it. it it's uh it's a cool feeling to to know that uh you know, people like your stuff, you know. I mean that's 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 always encouraging. They're
2: they're beautiful instruments. I mean, yeah. honestly I it's really need And I and, and literally like anytime and not even just celebrities, but anytime like a celebrity guitar player would come in, that would be one of the first things like because you you just, I put in their hands because you just there it's so unique. It's a conversation piece. Yeah, it's a conversation piece. But again, the second it's like super cool and it's and it looks different. But then you pick it up and you play different, and that's the yeah. cool part. And it's like, oh shit, this is my job. I play guitar all day, every day. But then I pick this thing up and it makes me do yeah. something different. I need yeah, that. That's
0: that's that's kind of my approach to it all. And it's just and uh, and the influence behind it was um, hearing the uh, I forget the name of it the baritone album that uh, Mark Leterry made, and the Baritone Sessions.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And totally. so
0: after hearing that record, you know, I was like, oh, man, I got to make baritone now, you know? And so, <laughs> <laughs> and then hearing him and then, you know, I was um, and hearing uh, Ariel Posen, you know, he doesn't play, a, he, he has like a baritone set of strings and he tunes it lower. And, uh, but it, right. it still has that, you know, that low-end frequency that you know still gives you that stank face you know what I mean but uh yep. so <laughs> those guys they they inspired me to to make a baritone oh, well, I I'm, I'm the, thankful uh, for them then. Heck yeah and, and
1: is that does that have the TV Jones pickups in it too no or no because I thought that was
0: a, oh okay. no that one has the uh Curtis novak uh, oh, right. Okay. Foil, I,
1: I thought that was an interesting choice too. Just not the, you know, not your standard single coil or like a humbucker or something. So,
0: yeah. So, the, so what I've, you know, I have found out or just experimenting with, you know, those, um, the pickups that he makes, they're low, uh, output pickups. So it, mm-hmm. those pair really well with like a low frequency, you know, um, like baritone. It, it worked perfect. And so when I made, um, totally, when I made, um, and it, and working with Ariel Posen that uh, confirmed what I already thought. So when I made him a jazz master, uh, he needed some low-output jazz master pickups. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course you do. You know what I mean? Because you're going to – yeah. And it, it, so it confirmed what I already thought. And so, yeah, because that's what I – you know, I'm kind of like a uh, – I like to, to hear things and, you know, use my senses to, to feel and to – Mm. Or how it sounds, you know, and so it. I tried different pickups, and it just didn't sound pleasing to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I found the low output pickups, you know, work way better with uh, the baritone setup.
2: Nice. Oh, Yeah, I've got. I've got to ask on behalf of Dave, our resident bassist here. Yeah, um, we're already getting deeper into the low end with the baritone, but um, <laughs> are there? How, may, you know are there master built bases oh yeah 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 oh, and so, yeah and that see that's that's another thing. we don't get
0: too many orders for you know i probably made like two or three last year and uh but yeah there are there are
2: I've got one on, Dave. My, uh, on my. I was wish gonna say, list. Dave. What the hell, man? Why haven't you gotten one? <laughs> I've got yet? one on Shit. my wish
1: list. Um, it's a master built. Um, I I can't pull it up right now because I I don't. I, well, I I don't know who built it specifically, but it's the uh, the 1966 uh, slab uh, John Entwistle, Um the 1966 P base with the maple cap neck, all one piece. And then it's the. Um, oh, what those are the, the really white, sharp bodies that don't the, have any of the bevels or anything? Yeah, it's the white slab body with the black pickguard. And it's basically John Atwistle was famous for using them in like the mid 60s. He had like three of them. He took them apart and all this stuff. And I believe Fender did a master built um, that you can order, or I've, I've seen it around, I, but I don't know who specifically made it. Mm-hmm. I can't think of it right now.
2: Well, shit. Time to get in the queue, Dave. Yeah. Oh, it's in uh, there. It's been on the wish list for a long. So, time. So <laughs> I mean, Car- I mean, Carl's obviously a lot of, or I, I would imagine the vast majority of what you do in the custom shop as a master builder is sort of driven by customers, right? Yeah. Like someone has an idea for an order, they come exactly, to you, yeah. you build it. Yeah. Is there something that you're you're waiting for someone to ask you to build that you just <laughs> haven't been able to build yet? Or that you're just like chomping at the bit that yeah. you want to get you want to get after it.
0: Yeah. There's there's you know, I don't get too many customers that, that you know, have like, um, you know, wild ideas, you know. And it's usually just strats and tallies, just straightforward, you know, the the standard model stuff. And, but, mm-hmm. you know, so all of the weird stuff is kind of just comes from me just because I want to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that, the, the double neck marauder, you know, it was just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I wanted. I'm going to do that. And, you know, I got... Um, um, uh, that was in collaboration with uh, Paul Frank, and we have similar tastes, so we just spitball that idea, and and it's and it's cool too. You get to work with you know really awesome artists, you know, just to that that aren't musicians but just have a love for Fender, just to create something new, and mm-hmm. you know, Fender's given me that platform to kind of just do whatever I want, really, and so it's just they haven't told me to stop, so. I'm just gonna keep making weird stuff. <laughs> maybe maybe
2: after they listen to this uh, episode they might change their mind, but <laughs> hope we'll <not>. see. i <laughs> hope not too. Uh so I I I hate to even ask this in some ways. It's almost like, you know, picking a favorite kid or something, but is there have you had a build yet where you feel like all right, this is this this has this this has wound up as a representation of me and my creativity, like that you're so proud of that you feel like you you nailed it. Are there or maybe are are there a couple that you could point to that you feel like all right, these are the ones that this is this is like me.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is, and so it, it and it's um, but it isn't hard for me like to let it go. And there's there's a lot where I was like yeah, this feels good, and you know this is me, and you know the customer's mm-hmm. gonna love this. You know that's kind of the the, th- the mentality I have and, mm, and, and right. because it's just, I feel so selfish, you know, just to, to hoard, if I could, the hard, and I, I don't think I would, <laughs> I was just like, I want you to, to create something because it's, it's almost like, you know, whatever I create and, uh, you know, or, I build and I give to somebody that could really play it. And that's just so much cooler for me to experience, you know, seeing it, especially just seeing something you made and seeing it on stage. And seeing it, you know, that yeah. I get excited about that. That's super But cool. just, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool guitar. And I feel weird because it's like, I have this guitar, and it's like, yeah, I love this guitar. And, you know, but what am I going to do with it, you know? I'm not playing. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, stay yeah, right. in my, you know, under the bed or, you know, collecting dust. But, you know, but I still have a few guitars that, you know, I, I keep around just for hopefully that my kids will start you know,
2: picking it up and playing and, uh, exactly. what they and they have. And, you know, I, I've, what a, what a beginner guitar. Oh, oh it's no big deal. It's just a little master. <laughs> yeah. Right. MBD. Uh, dude, what, so I was thinking you were mentioning guitar, seeing your instruments on stage and one that popped in my head. And I, I still don't know. Is it pronounced her or H E R? I actually don't really know, but you made that one, that strap, no, right? No, no, no. Uh, I, that, I, that I helped,
0: I helped, uh, um, um, uh, Scott Buell. He made, he made that that one for him but oh like,
2: okay sorry I, for some reason i thought you built that guitar. no
0: i he i just uh i helped out on the, the details and stuff like that and helped me because gotcha. we, it was like a time crunch and it was like for the i think it's for the grammys or something like that and, okay. and grammys oh, wow. yeah, yeah yeah and cool. so it was just everybody was involved and we needed to get this done and so i offered to help scott and yeah and scott okay. scott buell's one of uh you know he's been there since the 90s almost when uh the custom shop began in 87 so he's Mm -hmm. been through seen so much and he's he's actually one of my mentors and so he's um, any chance I get to help him you know uh, I help him and any chance that he could show me stuff you know I'm I'm always there to to listen and to you know absorb any knowledge that he could pass to me because there's so many knowledgeable wise you know you know people at the custom shop that i'm just so lucky just to even work with them and scott is one of them and so he Mm uh he shows he shows me a lot he's he's shown me a lot and he i credit him a lot from you know helping me develop my skills because you know there's a lot of things that i did wrong in the beginning he would call me out on it you know and kind of Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah that. exactly and so you, you know he'd be like you're gonna do it like that you know and say try this do it this way are things mm. that i never really thought about and you know and but he's kind of took me under his wing and has showed me a lot and i, I know a lot more because of him and so you know scott was you know an og so i i learned yeah. a lot from oh, all those beautiful. guys yeah
1: with the and uh it's, and it's... Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, more towards the building process of things, um, and if this is too much of a tangent, I apologize, but, like, you know, with the way, aside from, like, the whole assembly line way that they did it back then, because I understand you're soup soup to nuts on the whole guitar, how much of the old methods from, like, you know, the 50s when Fender was it, getting yeah. started yeah. Are, are being used today, you know, no CNC machines, everything's done by hand. A lot. I saw some videos yeah. of you, you know, literally carving the body. Yeah. Um, with a router. So yeah, it, can you explain more about that? Like is that difficult to just really do it from a piece of wood all the way to a finished guitar?
0: No, not anymore, but uh, <laughs> You know in the beginning it was but uh, You know a lot of the old technology is still being used, you know, we do it's so cool, you know, the assembly um, You know our neck mill assembly, you know, they they're all hand-shaped uh, necks mm-hmm. and so But we do have, uh, you know, hosses that do a lot of the the neck carving, but uh, but for the most part, it's it's really done the old school way that you know the guys in you know the custom shop did in '87, which is templates and pin routers and routers Mm -hmm. and um, you know, uh, and rasp, you know, and that's how I make my guitars, and you know, this uh, I have my shop set up. It, it's kind of like a small you know um i de- it's my shop is kind of set up how fender's mill is set up you know i do i make my necks kind of the same way that they do and you know i i hog out a lot of the wood um with my back shaping jigs that fender uses and i learned that from them and um you know i i do uh, a lot of my necks with rasp you know and so that's, um, yeah, it's a lot of the old school technology that, you know, I try to implement in my builds. And I and I do use a lot of uh, uh, CNC technology, but uh, I use mm-hmm. it in a weird way where I use a lot of, I use the CNC to create jigs to make guitars rather than making the whole ah. guitar out of the CNC. And right, so, cool. and that's just the way that I'm, that's how I'm, I'm just comfortable doing it that way. Cause I've been doing it like mm-hmm. that for, for years. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I, I approach it, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I I just, I was, I was thinking about that when I saw some of the, some of the videos of the custom shop and because it was like, I I love watching those old videos yeah. and I'm sure you've seen yeah. them mm. in the fifties where the guy with yep. like, you know, no mask yeah. on and he's spraying <laughs> yeah, the yeah. over the guitar and like the guys have their shirts off smoking yep. a cigarette, like, yep. you know, wiring the frets in and stuff. And I just, I love that old footage from those old videos like that. And I was curious of how much of that carried over to what you do every day, which is, which is really exciting. I mean, it's, it's,
0: a, it's, it's, a it's a bit different now and it's a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I'm structured. sure they've, they've smartened up. Oh about yeah, some of there's, stuff. there's yeah, a lot of exactly. rules
0: now, but you know, but for yeah. that's why we're so lucky. You know, what I mean, we we kind of retain that, you know, type of environment, yeah. you know, in the custom shop. Yeah. You know, if we, and that's that's the cool thing about it. If we if I wanted to go make a, you know, a guitar, because there's a um you know because we're locked down you know i can just go to my garage and i have everything mm-hmm. that i need to make a guitar there and just you know carve out a neck make a body and, and then uh, <laughs> and, and i'm trying to set it up where i don't have to go into the shop anymore because i'm such a you know a recluse and you know introvert uh-huh. I, I have everything i need at home i don't need to go into the shop anymore and and then plus i have guitar oh, wow. dash now Man, I don't need to. I don't need
2: a don't need to leave <laughs> anywhere. It's protein, <quarantine, laughs> baby. Yes. Yeah, uh, something you were you were talking about earlier that really struck me is how you're. I mean, listen, folks. We're, Carlos is obviously a down to earth, cool guy that we're talking to here, but he's also a Fender master builder. Yeah. And this is a Fender master builder talking about how he's still learning and still mm-hmm. trying to grow and still taking advice from from others. So that was, uh, first of all, I just want to say that was really nice for me to hear as someone that. Maybe he needs to be reminded that sort of thing every sure. once in a while that I'm not a know-it-all and oh, that I yeah. still should be growing and constantly learning. So, great advice there. But it made me kind of wonder. I mean, just if someone listening to this is like, "Shit, that's my calling," you know, maybe not necessarily a master builder, but that could be the yeah. goal. Like, what advice would you give someone trying to to follow a similar path mm. to the to the one that you've been on? Like, any where where would you even start them?
0: You know, it's. <sighs> You know, I, 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 have been asked that a lot recently and, you know, so I've been thinking about it, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I've always had, I guess, good worth ethic and, you know, it was from my dad, you know, was, we kind of come from a structured family, but <clears throat> there's nothing really stopping you from doing what you want to do. You know, if you have the passion and the love for it, you know, if mm-hmm. somebody says no to you, that's, You know it's 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 not gonna stand in your way you know for me it was just you know i've for me it 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 was really difficult everything in my life has been really difficult you know i'm like a um you know i'm extremely dyslexic and you know just the smallest things i remember in grade school were really hard for me and uh Mm -hmm guitar building was the same thing it was really hard for me but uh i never give up you know and i i always i'm always i start off really at the bottom probably like the i was probably like the least you know talented you know person in uh in my luthier school whatever you want to call it but uh every single one you know they they didn't do anything with it you know they just I remember yeah. people would, would come in late, you know, and they would take it for granted. And, you know, and I was mm-hmm. just like, I never want to be like that. You know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. like 100% and just and just keep doing it. And it took me a long time to be comfortable where, you know, I was uh, proud of what I was doing because a lot of my guitars were really shit, you know, and, and but I got to a <laughs> point where it was just like, Oh, I'm not making those mistakes anymore. And every time I made a mistake, you know, the next mm-hmm. time I corrected it, it was a lot of a lot of mistakes until, uh, you know, I, I I got to a point where I was comfortable doing and making guitars and you know shaping necks. It took me a long time to learn that, and you know, right. And that was probably the, the most difficult thing, and.
2: So that's a, a lot of that's really repetition yeah, and, and getting exactly. that muscle
0: memory. And so it, it was just. So I guess my advice would be just if there's something you're passionate about, don't ever give up, and keep pursuing yeah. what you're doing because there's really nothing to stop somebody that's
2: motivated, you know, to do something. Beautiful. Very well said. Hell yeah. Uh, I I'm tempted to to want to close it out there, and we will soon, but selfishly i just we don't often get fender master builders on the phone so i just i've I've got (laughs) a couple quick questions that i just want to throw at you we can edit this out if 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 it's not good whatever but one thing that i want to ask is uh, look you're talking to a couple vintage lovers here and one thing that you you come across a lot is this sort of like default hatred for three bolt fender strats (laughs) is there any sort of like From your perspective, Mm. is there any sort of uh, like engineering or mechanical reasons why people shouldn't like those? Or is it simply just uh, there were some bad guitars that maybe came out in in that that time, in that that era, and that slanted people's opinions?
0: My my take on it and my opinion on it is that I love the designs from that era, you know, the Tele Deluxe, the Thin Line, you know, uh, uh, the Coronados, the Starcasters, you know, all those weird, you know designs that came out of that time period i love them Mm -hmm. i love them i'm really influenced by all of those but (laughs) they were just they weren't made right you know they did they did a poor job with the quality control but but the cool thing is that you know we have we're at a place now we do make them right how they should have been made you know back in Mm -hmm. those days but you know the three bolt neck the idea and even like the uh what do you call it uh the bullet rod those are great
2: mm-hmm. I was gonna say the bullet truss yeah. rod. that's yep. the other part of those are great ideas <laughs> they're
0: great ideas and you know the the, the tilt back um you know uh tr- micro yeah, tilt-, yeah, micro yeah. tilt. Those are great ideas they're really great yeah but it was just that point in time and you know defender Fender history a lot of people call it you know the dark ages but you know but right. there was <laughs> there's cool things that came out of that you know design wise
2: you know it's really interesting and it's i, I love hearing your perspective on it too because that like you look online and then for instance i the, to suck up a little bit i was playing my telly earlier uh just to, like get ready to to talk and um, i've got a early 80s quote-unquote dan smith era yeah. telly where yeah. it's like he like came in and like f- fixed everything or whatever but yeah. like you know talking to you you're saying it's like what Maybe maybe some sort of construction methods maybe needed to be fixed, but it's not like the designs needed to be fixed. There was some really yeah, cool shit happening yeah. at that
1: point. Yeah, it was just the the execution, I guess, of those specific you know approaches. Probably. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: And so this the the you know where we're at now with technology, you know, we, we have the tools to get it right, and we, and we do, and we have, and, and we are, and but uh, mm-hmm. just you can't just throw away you know that part of history and pretend it never existed, right, you know. Right. You got to take the good, you know, with the bad and you can't just throw it all away. You know, it's just, there was, there was great things that came
2: out of that area, that, that era. Absolutely. Love it. Carlos, thank you so much for yeah, jumping man, on and, and dealing with my random Instacart delivery <laughs> and all <of> this. <laughs> no That's got to do it. But I've had an awesome time talking to you and, thank and you just so much learning from you and getting your perspective. Um, Obviously, you know, everyone knows where to find Fender guitars, but um, you know, if someone is, is interested in specifically listening to this and then being like, I need to have Carlos build me a guitar. Is there a path to, to achieving that via the Fender website? Like how would someone accomplish yeah, you, that? You can
0: just, just find, you just type Carlos Lopez master builder, I guess. And it shouldn't be hard to find me or maybe it will. Maybe okay. it will. Cause I remember in high school in, in the yearbook, there was like, 10,000 Carlos Lopez's and you know <laughs> but uh, yeah Instagram I guess is probably it's where you can find me it's,
2: yeah CA Lopez some great great yeah. photos up there C. A. yeah at CA Lopez on Instagram awesome thank you again so much for joining us this is it was an honor to have you on appreciate and, it th- um, thanks for having me you know hopefully hopefully maybe next time this year uh, we've got shit figured out and we can actually maybe actually be at a NAM together. that'd be like great that. yep missing a yeah. yep All right. Be well, folks. Be well.